0: Oh. All right. So you guys, we're here today. This is Entrepreneur Sessions, episode two. Uh, this is a fun podcast. I'm Jennifer. This is Mario. We're the co-host of Entrepreneur Sessions, the podcast. So this podcast is about highlighting different startups and different business owners who've achieved success or are working towards success. So we're super excited to have Aaron Ferruz on today. Uh, he's been a longtime friend of the brand and He's just an amazing award-winning commercial photographer. Um, Aaron started working in, well, basically what motivated him to even want to get into the commercial photography and videography space was when he was 15 years old, he watched the film, The Matrix, and he was so inspired by that film that that was the motivation that got him into the career that he's into today. Um, He has owned his company Farouz Imaging for over eight years and he's worked with some major brands such as Tennessee and Moet. So without further ado, I'm very happy to welcome Aaron Farouz. All right. So Aaron, let me go ahead and uh, un a un- request real quick to unmute. So <laughs> Mario, you want to kick it off?
1: Yes, sir. Hey, Aaron, how's it going, man?
2: Good. Can you guys hear me?
0: <gasps> <laughs> that good, right? That's
1: your dog saying good too, huh? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's just get right into it, man. Uh, appreciate you and everyone who's on uh, on call today. Uh, thank you for taking the time to uh, uh, be on this, uh, this uh, podcast with Entrepreneur. And so this month's theme is about building a blueprint to your dreams. And so the first question I want to kick off is, how did you get started as a commercial photographer and videographer?
2: Well, um, I got started by um, Craigslist and shooting in nightclubs, to be honest. Uh, so I got back from, you know, I retired from football when I was 28, and I just started hunting on Craigslist three times a day, uh, checking uh, checking the post and sifting through a bunch of BS, you know, like normal. But, you know, this was 10 years ago. The thing, you know, times have changed. Uh, hustles have changed, but... Um, I started on Craigslist and that was my form of networking and honestly one thing led to another and I ended up with scouting for locations downtown um, Dallas because I realized early on um, photo shoots aren't cool unless you have a cool location right and it also always starts with location because um, if you got a boring location you you got a boring theme, then you're gonna have a boring photo so Ended up um, scouting locations downtown, and I walked into this building called The Fig, the Fashion Industry Gallery, and uh, they had a really cool lobby. And mm-hmm. my girlfriend at the time was like, "You know, go in there and ask them." I was pretty shy, so I didn't. I didn't yeah. want to bother them. She's like, "Just go ask them."
0: You know, Erin, I don't want to. I don't want to pause you, but the audio is a little bit low. Can you? Are you able to adjust it up a little bit just so we can hear? Because this is a good story. I want to make sure we hear everything.
2: Uh, let's see, audio settings. Output volume. That's output volume. Input volume. Um, I, I'll just have to lean into the microphone, I guess. Okay. Is that yeah, better? that sounds good. That sounds
0: okay. good.
2: All right. So basically, I was walking through downtown, and I walked into the Fig Building, and they, I noticed they had a really cool location. And I so I wanted to talk to them about possibly shooting there. So a lady comes out named Sally, and she asks me. Um, you know, what's the purpose of the um, the photo shoot blah blah blah. And I told her, you know, I just graduated from college. I'm broke uh, and I just try. I'm trying to build a portfolio. Um, so people will ultimately end up hiring me in the future. So for whatever reason I had favor with her and she was like, Okay, I'll let you, you know, shoot in the lobby for free um, In the off hours so long story short i ended up doing trade work for them so i would do event photography for them and in turn i was able to use their space for free to do photo shoots and man i got a ton of good photos a ton of good photos and i had a, a lot of good photo shoots out in that area within the fig building outside and i i met somebody at one of their events uh her name is beth and she worked for um a magazine at the time and I can't remember right now, but I started doing work for their clients. And it's just one thing led to another. You meet one person and you never know, you know, sometimes I just sit back and I look at, okay, how did I get to this point? And I look back at all the people I met on that journey and always starts with like one small decision that I made to go out, put myself out there and network.
0: So, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So, so some, a lot of these, some of these things that have happened, it's basically like it's, it was fate, basically. You're saying not just, it wasn't just like hard work, but it was just chance meeting like right place, right time kind of scenario, right? Right, right. I mean, you could say part of it was luck, but
2: luck is where preparation meets opportunity. And I wasn't at home. I wasn't, you know, complaining or being lazy. I was out trying to take a chance. And that's what you have to do is, the more hands you shake, the more money you make. You can't pay yourself, you know? It's, you're not gonna get anywhere. And I'm not talking about taxes, you know? But you can't increase your wealth just by your own
0: income. You know? That's the first time I've heard that. The more hands you shake, the more money you make. That's good. Yeah, I wish I came up with it, but I'm just, you know, regurgitating. Yeah, okay. So, okay, the field of photography, as you know, is highly competitive. Uh, especially in the fashion space, which you've worked heavily in. And how have you been able to differentiate yourself from your competitors to achieve like commercial, you know, basically success?
2: So um, I will say this. I never told a potential client who emailed me that I wasn't able to do what they were asking me to do. Because, you know, Mario and I both know you can learn anything on YouTube. And Mm -hmm. so, I mean, I had a client, for example, still to this day is my biggest jewelry client. They asked me if I shot jewelry. I had never shot a single piece of jewelry in my life before. And I was like, heck yeah, I can shoot some jewelry. And by the time, you know, I always schedule my shoots two weeks out because two weeks is perfect amount of time to get whatever I ordered, whatever I need ordered from Amazon to come in and perfect time to do some research on YouTube, do a little practice shoot. And then of course my Photoshop skills is gonna take over thereafter. So anyways, I booked a jewelry shoot for William Nobles, which is like the highest end jewelry client in Dallas. And I'm not just saying that, I'm, I'm t- they have a $4 million diamond ring, it's crazy. I booked the jewelry client without any photos in my in my book. And that's just because, I've always been having like this this will to learn something new, so jewelry so and then I go to shoot product and I go to shoot fashion and then I do video music videos and uh, video products so basically um, to stay competitive, you have to have a ton of skills there the days where oh I just shoot interiors or i'm just this photographer or I don't do video, those days are over. You hear a guy say that or a girl say that their days are numbered because you have to be able to shoot, edit and deliver in three days for 400 bucks. And that job used to be a $20,000 job. Before my time, I can't even speak from experience, but back in the film days, they used to get paid crazy, but because the market is so oversaturated, the way you set yourself apart, is by being able to do everything. So when someone asks you, hey, can you do this? You say yes. And before they're, you know, booking your schedule, you're already on YouTube, how to dot, 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 right? And you figure it out because you can, you have the resources.
0: That's funny. Um, Mario, I know you're about to kick in, but it's funny because me and Mario just had a conversation with somebody recently and they were talking about, it was an artist and they said the same thing that it's important to, if, you're, if you notice the artists that have longevity that have been in the music industry for 10 years plus, it's like they never stay the same. Their albums don't stay the same, their concepts, their style is always evolving. And that's like a constant theme we've been hearing, like in any space as an entrepreneur, you have to constantly be increasing and growing and learning, you can't stay the same. So that's exactly. good. Right.
1: Yeah. And, and that's actually a great segue uh, to my next question. Um, and, you know, Because of the saturation and, and a lot of people, you know, competitive prices, Uh, As a photographer, videographer, how do you target your clientele? Um, Because I know you say you don't say no, but I'm sure there's clients that you kind of have to like, okay, they don't, they don't fit within my, uh, my, you know, the budget that you have set for. So how do you target your clients?
2: Well, first off, the first six years of my uh, career, there was no targeting. It was like, you know, surviving. So I just took whatever I could get. Um, It wasn't recent. It wasn't until recently to where I started um, trying to optimize my website and, you know, honestly, since you asked me I'll. T- you know, you helped me out a lot with SEO and, you know, every year I would ask Mario, I'm like, Hey man, what's Google doing? Cause I know, I know they're, they're, uh, they're the godfather of being discovered online. Yeah, Every year I would pick um, his brain and uh, he would tell me it's, Hey, it's about, All tags and h1 tags and oh, your website looks great, but Google can't see all these photos because you don't have any text in them. So I was constantly revamping my website to uh, be more visible in the Google, um, in the Google search. And so uh, That started, you know, populating. I started getting random emails out of nowhere uh, where people were asking me about product photography. I was like, man, this is great. My website. I was the second leak for Dallas Jewelry Photographer um, and I was just right after one website and I hadn't paid any money and I was like, man, that's, that's awesome. Uh, people pay thousands of dollars for this. So something's going right. So basically that's just to answer in short, I networked, I networked with you, Mario, and uh, got some good information and applied it to my website. Uh, but. I mean I've tried um, a, cu- a couple of different uh, websites where you have to like bid on jobs and quickly I was like man this is not so much that this is a scam but it's BS that the people needing work have to pay for uh, to pl- put a bid in. I'm like we're already broke and now you're asking for money for us you know. I'm like the clients who need to hire someone they need to be paying not the people who need to work but you know, they're, they're going after the wounded, the wounded fawn. you know, who needs to work. Oh, they're probably going to pay more and there's probably more of them versus the client. So I get it, but I never, I never took that route. It was really just, you know, groundwork, just, you know, doing the hard work. And if you do good work um, and and you network, it's just a matter of time, you know,
1: Oh, Jennifer, you're muted. Sorry. There we
0: go. What I was saying was, um, Mario, maybe you can expound on this more, but what did you do from an SEO perspective to differentiate Aaron or what kind of best practices did you give him? Because even when you even, if you think about photographer, you know, that's like, that seems like a million returns on Google, even if you specify it to, to doubt to the Dallas market. So what were some best practices or stuff that you shared with Aaron as far as getting more visibility
1: well the thing with SEO and with Google it changes all the time Um, and they always change the rules. so back in the day you could just throw a bunch of text and make it invisible on your website and you'd be good to go now they actually ping you about that Uh, and then as of a few years ago if your website's not uh, mobile friendly they'll ping you for that and they'll push you down you know the uh, search engine or whatever Um, But some of the things that I tell people, you know, outside of having an H1 and H2 and H3 tag on your homepage is also making sure that you're active on social media. You know, even if you hate social media, um, always participate in conversation, interact uh, with other blogs. Um, In your email accounts, always add a signature and then your signature link back to your website because that also helps as far as optimizing your website and pulling you up. Um, And what uh, I guess kind of a nugget that a lot of people overlook is that Wikipedia is also a a social media. Um, And the reason why that's also important is you could also talk about your business on Wikipedia. uh, And that comes up high in the search engine. and, And that helps with all the Google bots and stuff who are searching online to, to find your company. Plus, it makes you look a lot more legitimate. Even though anybody could create a Wikipedia page, uh, just the fact of saying that, hey, I'm on Wikipedia, uh, that, you know, just it's kind of prestigious in a way, so to speak. Um, and, and so those are some of the things uh, that I, I refer. And then uh, some issues that people make uh, that Aaron and I were before. discussing before was uh, when people advertise on social media, sometimes they're redundant. Sometimes they say, "Hey, I got a, I got a gig. You know, I'm I'm willing to do gig for 50 bucks or whatever." And they repeat it over and over again, and that's actually gets you spammed out because people hate to hear that. Sometimes it's best to not even brag about yourself. Just to kind of say, "Hey, did you know uh, the new camera is coming out? The new Canon, you know, 360 or whatever the new Canon is is, is coming out. Awesome stuff." Um, or even going on YouTube and creating little uh, bites, little video clips, uh, just talking about, you know, camera work or techniques and stuff like that without having to do a hard sell. Uh, a lot of that actually plays a role in the search engine optimization. So those is some of the things that Aaron and I were talk- talking about, uh, because you got a lot of bloggers, a lot of influential bloggers that are getting paid a lot of money just for talking about whatever they talk about on, on social media. Um, So that's what I tell uh, a lot of people who come to me and ask me for advice is that you need to position yourself as an expert. Yeah, you got a million uh, competition out there, but if you're consistent um, and if you link back, you know, just do some basic practices as far as linking back to your website, um, that helps a lot on the search engine optimization. And Jennifer, you're mute again. Yeah, I
0: know. I, I said that's good. <laughs> and I noticed that I was muted. So yeah. sorry. Yeah, that's good. That's, that's like really good advice. So I don't know, Mara, if you wanted to
1: jump in as far as. Oh, so um, it actually comes up to, uh, to another question, um, you know, about as far as staying creative in the creative process. So, you know, as an a entrepreneur or a business owner, a lot of times you're playing several different halves. Uh you're, you're going out there doing the project. Uh, you're editing the project, uh, you're invoicing for the project, and then you have to follow up with other people who might not have paid the invoice or whatever, you know, business stuff. And so I know during all that process, it kind of takes away from your creativity. So, you know, what is a way that you stay creative and play all those roles in your uh, in your business?
2: And to be honest, this was like one of the hardest questions um, that you guys had sent me. Um, And it's still hard to kind of um, gather how I stayed creative because I would say the first four or five years of my career, I was able to be creative because I had that certain clientele who weren't as commercial and they were more like um, trying to do their own thing, like startups and Um, They were open for any suggestions. And so I was able to be really creative and it was really fun. And then, uh, you know, I started getting bigger clientele who, you know, we all probably know the more corporate you deal with the bigger budgets, but the less creativity because they have a product they need to sell. They need to sell it for X amount of dollars and for 30 seconds. And there's no wiggle room. And so it's tough being creative in that kind of an environment. Um, so honestly, it was tough, you know, it was emotionally tough because I, I didn't get to do what I wanted. My, my hobby, which was starting to pay my bills, became my job and I, st- I kind of stopped enjoying it. And so I, I, it took me about a year and a half to two years to find a happy medium between making the client happy and me keeping what i love and still being able to love it so to be creative or to keep my creative juices flowing, i would kind of have to do my own photo shoots in my free time or have um side hustles that allowed me to do a hundred percent me a photo shoot for me i was a client you know and i got to play art director and those those little moments kind of help me keep my hobby and so when i go to do work for a client which don't get me wrong i still love to do but i don't expect to have that creative outlet there anymore because i keep it for myself um and then there's i mean sometimes there's a different form of creativity right sometimes um, for example i had a client Uh, my mattress client, and we were doing a photo shoot, and she checks her phone, and she's like, oh, her boss just wanted us, you know, out of nowhere, oh, do this product shot with a Christmas tree. We had no game plan for a Christmas tree. We had no game plan for um, holiday uh, marketing, and I was like, okay, Um, so I had to think in my head what set, what walls, what props. Uh, I looked to my prop stylist. I'm like, She's like, I'm on it. She, like, finishes my sentence. She goes to the back and starts digging out all the Christmas props, you know. And so and we came out with a great photo, and it's actually on my website today. Um, but those times where i that's technically we were being creative, but we're also kind of just putting a fire out and just getting the client what they need, but it's not the creativity that I know that you're talking about.
0: That's nice. I feel like um, part of being creative is being able to think on the fly too. So it, it may not have been what you would have made conceptually like if you had time to blueprint it out, but I don't think, I, you know, some people wouldn't have thought, wouldn't have been able to find a solution in that though.
2: So. Right.
0: Um, okay, let's talk about the first major project you ever did. I wanna know like how you were able to secure that project and maybe a little bit more details as, as far as the steps to how you secured that job. And I think we it may have been what we already talked about a little earlier, but maybe you can expound on it because I think a lot of times when people talk about networking and business, they give a lot of really high level general information like, oh, be sociable, make sure you smile, have a professional's business card. But those things alone don't translate to the sale. So maybe you can talk a little bit more in detail from the, you know, the beginning of the process to okay. securing that client.
2: So, and this kind of goes into, I think another question, but I won't won't touch on that. So it was, uh, I got a phone call from Karen and it was her first day on the job for this mattress uh, startup and they make mattresses. And she basically asked me, hey, do you shoot mattresses? At the time, I didn't have a single mattress photo on my website. But um, I had been assisting a, a really big photographer for a few years and the only reason why I was assisting and building sets and painting sets and laying flooring, which is terrible by the way, and doing all this grunt work is so I could see how he lit the sets, so I could see the whole process oh, you need to have a soft stylist to style the, the comforter that you're selling. You need to have someone prep the pillows and all this, all this stuff that you would never know unless you were in the industry. So my big, to answer your question is like, that's a huge step is you need to assist somebody who's doing what you want to do you know, you can't just come out of college or, or YouTube university and just be like, I want to do what so-and-so is doing. No, go assist them because there's a lot of stuff that you can't learn on YouTube. There's a lot of stuff you can't learn in school, but the people who have been doing it for 20, 30 years, they're going to teach you like gold priceless stuff. So I worked for this guy's his name's Keith Madigan I'll give him a shout out. And he, I worked for him for about eight years and, um, so when Karen called, she was like, hey, can you shoot a mattress? And I was like, yes. And she had no idea what she was doing. And she would be the first one to tell you this. This was the first day on the job and she had never produced a photo shoot before. And she told me, you know, four years later, because we, we we circled about it, she told me she had called like 10 or 10 different photographers before me. And I was like, really? And she was like, but I liked you because you took the ball out of my hands and you, 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 you became the leader of the, the photo shoot. And so I, took, I, I, I learned that the client wants you to be a leader, right? They don't want to feel like we're hiring you and they gotta hold your hand. And um, basically she had to produce a photo shoot and she had no idea, but I did. And I told her, you're gonna need this, that, and the other. And she's like, oh, I didn't even think about that. So instantly, she felt comfortable and more confident dealing with me. And then the next thing I did, and this is something I always do, is um, she had actually emailed me, and I email I email back as fast as anybody. Um, no one responds to emails faster than me, you know that kind of thing. <laughs> you know? So I responded back to her really quickly. And anytime I get an email, my first goal is to get them on the phone because now I'm no longer a website, I'm a person. And then once I get them on the phone, my next goal is to meet them in person because now I'm no longer a voice, I'm an actual full human being. Mm-hmm. And that puts you steps ahead of anyone online. So I got an email from her, got to, talked to her on the phone and met her in the same day because I was available and I was hungry, right? And And that's, I think, one of the biggest things that, and it's more detailed than just saying networking, you know, it's, it's saying like, okay, I got off my computer and I became a voice and then I became a person in, in, in physical contact and shook her hand. And I also took over the shoot for her. Um, I don't know, yeah, that's, I think that is what got me the $10,000 check for a, a, a video project. And that was the biggest check I had ever seen at the time. So, and it was the first biggest project that I had, had. And I was just like, I wanted to frame that check. But then at the same time, I didn't want to feel like I was bragging about it. So I just, I just cashed it.
0: <laughs> it spins better than it hangs,
1: right?
2: Right, exactly.
1: <laughs> that's excellent. And, and then kind of uh, piggyback off that, you know, that's, that's actually something that I, you know, uh, believe in, you know, a lot of times it's not, it's your skills, but it's also your relationship. You know, so it's about building that relationship with the clients. Uh, And that's sometimes that's what closes the deal. So that's awesome, man. Excellent.
0: Yeah. Yeah, One Uh, thing that that kind of stood out, first of all, I'm going to give Aaron a quick shout out from Shanta B said, Aaron, the way you're delivering this information is so valuable. So appreciate that, Aaron. Instead of the fluff, because we're tired of the fluff. People want to know the real. How do we really do things? So what I got from that, that, that I think was pivotal is Aaron took the conversation offline as soon as, he could to like make it personal. And I think that's like a crucial nugget that I have pulled from this so far. Right. So um, I guess my next question is what networking tips would you offer? And I know you've already pretty much done that, but I guess more generalized, what kind of networking tips would you offer to other entrepreneurs who are struggling to get clients and are they're, they're trying to land those crucial meetings, but they don't know how to initiate those conversations to, get the, to secure that business basically?
2: But to be honest, it's tough because um, I was networking before Instagram was like this huge thing. And before social media was like this whole different realm of marketing. Um, so my experience was more in person and going out and and honestly, just meeting people face to face like old school, um, I would go to different um, like on Facebook, I would check events. And if it was like anything that was beyond just partying, right, it was actually some type of networking, whether it be relevant to, to work or not, you know, maybe it was downtown Dallas expecting mothers I'm like man I would go because it would be like okay maternity photos yeah I'll do that even though I don't really want to but I'll do it because that mom might refer you to somebody the lawyer who needs headshots for the entire you know uh, company so you just that's how I did it Um, I know it things are a little bit different uh, nowadays with Instagram and um and like Mario said, you're just constantly, you got to play the social media game. You got to be commenting. And honestly, I don't like doing that either. I feel like I'm getting dumber with every time I swipe up with my thumb and it just, I just want to get off of it. Um, so, I mean, I've, I've paid some, I've hired, um, what is it called? Uh, Upleap. And they basically do the scrolling and the liking for you. So your SEO in social media stays at least, uh, you know, average because SEO on Instagram is actually, you just have to be social. You have to comment, like, and spend time on their platform. So they'll show your profile and your posts more to people who are just searching. And once I found that out, I was like, oh my God, that's terrible. I have to be on Instagram. Like, it's just like a trap, right? But there's, there's different apps that you can hire. You know, it's not expensive, like 10, 15 bucks a month. And they just keep your profile relevant for you. If you're like me, uh, you know you're in a place where you don't have time to do that, but you don't have a lot. You don't have excess funds to where you need. You want to hire like somebody to do it for you. Um, And interns, like nothing against interns, but like I, it's such a temporary role. And by the time you're done investing in them, they're off and. You know they it's for them they get more out of it than I think the entrepreneur the business owner and that's that's okay but I, I'm not interested in interns because they typically slow you down and they break equipment so um, <laughs> just done with that so anyways that's that's kind of I wish I could give you more on that but um, no, that's good.
0: we got some good questions coming through the chat too so we'll, when we transition into our Q&A we're gonna touch on some of those and um, go ahead Mario. So go
1: a ahead. question I have is is revenue opportunities um, you know for commercial photographers. So you know you it started out as a hobby and now you get to a level where you're like a commercial photographer and videographer. Um, and by the way, you know same photographer and videographer. I don't know if that's even politically politically correct, you know, based on the that you do. Well, it's um, actually re- yeah, it's
2: redundant because a, a videographer is actually a photographer. Mm-hmm. It's just more specific. Um,
1: so, what would what would you classify yourself as? Would it be just more cinematographer? Does that summarizes everything, or?
2: I mean, I just really, I just say director of photography kind of covers everything.
1: But okay, yeah. And and so, like other alternative options as far as revenue for for commercial, you know, for what you do, um, you know, what what are those?
2: Um. Well, what I do, I do stock photography in my spare time, um, and then. Uh, obviously my the, my biggest money maker is um client vendor relationship and then um you can also do what right now i'm working on um developing something i can sell um uh, or have a residual form of income basically i do the work once and you know i log in and check my bank account and i see that i've made money and um uh, so i'm working on uh, uh, tutorial video for beginner photographers so um, I'm, it's a good 10 episode type of a scenario where I teach you you know and I target the uh, common person who someone bought them a camera and they just changed their profile to say they're a photographer but they're still shooting on automatic and they don't know a clue about studio lighting so I'm targeting the very beginner um, You know photographer or the recent college graduate and uh, so basically i'm trying to sell a video course online so those are the three things i think you can do uh three different um avenues of revenue
0: as a photographer that's awesome and that's really smart because i think as well you already have a lot of stuff that can differentiate yourself just because you've worked with major corporations and you've shot ads that people have seen in magazines so the credibility is there and like you said it's evergreen so it's something you can create one time and you can put people through a sales funnel and just wake up in the morning with payment so that's that's really smart
2: exactly and that's what i was thinking if i don't sell a single video subscription um it still gets me a ton of hits. Like Mario said, SEO, I've got my YouTube linking to my website and to my social media. And then if a potential client comes to my website and he's like, oh wow, he's even teaching people that just legit- legitimizes the business that much more. And like you said, Jennifer, it's just like, my selling point is, cause there's a ton of free tutorial stuff online, but my selling point is, is my body of work. It's just like, oh, I want to shoot like this dude, you know? And
0: so, yeah. it's awesome. I love it. So now let's talk about risk because everybody knows that entrepreneurship has a level of risk to it. It's not as glamorous as everybody thinks it is. For you, uh, what risk have you taken in initially in your business that scared you when you did it, but it's paid off now?
2: Um, well, a lot of people don't know this, but I was forced into being freelance and I graduated college in 2008. We all know that wasn't the best time to find a job, especially if it's an arts degree. So I was searching for a job. I think I had two interviews in two years. Um, and so basically uh, I ended up going to Canada, to play football and, and, it, and, and I came back and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to, in my spare time, since I can't get hired, just uh, start, start, start building my portfolio. So anyways, when football was over, um, I remember having nine weeks of pay left. And it wasn't, it's Canadian football, it wasn't great pay. Um, it was just normal pay. And so when I, I remember having that last check in my hand, and I was living in Mansfield, and my rent was like 400 bucks, you know, I was trying to live below my means. And I remember having that last check on the coffee table. And I was like, all right, Aaron, uh, you know we're going to cash this and then you have no money coming in and it's not like i had a stockpile in the bank either i'm like either you do this or you or you don't you just go looking for a job and i was like okay screw it let's do it let's go just hustle and um i called up the fig again and i was like hey i'm back in town you know do you guys need photography and i just basically started over what was already working for me and just doors like just slung open. Like every door that closed in football in my last career was open in photography for some reason. um, It just, like you said, it seemed like it was meant to be. It's like, okay, the universe is having me flow this way. And once I caught that flow, it was just like, man, it was, I don't want to say it was easy. It was just working, everything was working out. So my, I guess to answer your question in short, the risk that I took was, deciding not to play it safe and get a full-time job and and be miserable to be honest you know and work you know work for someone else's dream 40 hours a week and get paid basically nothing you know
0: that's good that's good you know how you said like uh it's almost like destiny sometimes like when you're moving in the right direction the right doors will open up for you you might have been pushing in another direction and you might have been putting your all into it but it wasn't open then sometimes that's just it wasn't meant for you but the thing that's meant for you will make you know way for you're not trying to be deep or anything but just
1: (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) 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 so uh quick question so i i know on on this um on this call there's um You know, several people, some who might be photography, some who might not, you know, some that might have a whole different kind of business. Um, But altogether, we're we're entrepreneurs, we're business owners. You know, we're all kind of, we feel like we're isolated, uh, but the whole premise behind, you know, entrepreneur is to show that we're a community. Um, So as an entrepreneur, what advice, what crucial advice would you give entrepreneurs? Um, Who are either just now becoming getting into the business or you know might even be seasoned So is there any crucial piece of advice that you would provide for them?
2: You know, just speaking from my experience I was blessed enough to have uh, Multiple passions as a young um, individual, you know, by the time I was 15. I was like, oh, I want to do film Um, and At the same age. I was like, oh, I want to be a football player. So I had I had passion at a young age and I took that for granted up until I talked to one of my friends and he was like, man, you're lucky you found your passion. He was like, I still don't know what I want to do. And he, he got me thinking. So basically my advice would be like, you know, whatever your passion is, and it might sound cliche, but it, I'm telling you when you're, when you're having those ramen noodle weeks, that passion is what's going to get you through um, that week. Or, or when you have a client who stiffs you, And you you know, it's not enough money to go to small claims, but it's, you know, that's a lot of money still, right? I mean, it's those times that your passion is gonna keep you going. And, And don't discount passion because it's such a strong energetic vibe. And that will draw the right people to you because you're walking around in the light of what you feel like you're supposed to be doing. And that in itself right there is prices. That is better than any SEO, no offense Mario, but having passion and walking around with that is gonna draw the right people to you. And, uh, you know, people living and working at a job that they hate, you know, it's like everything else is falling apart in their life also, cause they're just walking around in, in their own misery of hating their job that they have to go to. And that just, that energy is gonna grab this uh, the same and, like energy you know so follow your passion it, it might sound cliche but uh, i pr- i lived that and that's what got me through it and um, yeah i mean you couldn't pay me to shoot do photo shoots because i was doing them for free on my own and uh now i get paid to do it and it's just like man that, that's crazy it's cool that's awesome
0: that's awesome yay so now we're going to jump into our Q&A portion. And uh, we're going to go ahead and get it started with, Julie, do you want to jump on camera or you just want to enable your audio so you can ask your question? You can do either or the question you posted. Oh, you know what? I have to enable your audio. Sorry. Hold on. <laughs> OK, I sent you have a request to unmute yourself.
1: And, and, and while Julie is coming on, um, I have a quick question. Um, so now I know photography, because of the whole COVID and everything, things have slowed down. Um, and you, you mentioned the word hustling and getting in multiple residual sources of income. Uh, and so what are some of the other things that you're doing you know, outside of cinematography to, to you know make that hustle come true?
2: Uh, well, I just created um, an art piece out of wood um i recently bought a house and i was you know i've got all these blank walls and i was looking at big art online and big art is really expensive you know and so i was like you know what i'm just gonna buy a saw and make make my own art and take a photo of it and see if somebody wants to commission me to to make another one and you know and that's just me coming back to my original roots of just creating with my hands as a kid. You know, one of my earliest memories was drawing with, you know, markers and stuff. And I was always really creative as a kid. And then I got into the digital art form. So just keeping busy with that. Not really expecting to make money out of it, just enjoying the process of being creative.
0: Cool. that's awesome. Awesome.
1: Is Julie able to come back in?
0: Yeah, um, and guys, you're you're now un- you're now able to unmute yourself. So feel free to unmute yourself if you have a question and ask away.
2: Okay. Try
0: it now. <laughs> uh, hold on, you guys are allowed to. Okay, now I should. Okay. Uh, Dean, you should be able to unmute yourself. um, Okay, there you go. Yeah. All right, hold on. Where's the camera? Hold on. Hey, everybody. Hi. Um, My question's pretty simple. Um, As an entrepreneur for many, many years now, um, how do you, you know, going
2: through the peaks and valleys, right, you know, of, of business, you know, the highs and the lows, ups and downs uh, you know you lose contacts you gain contacts you lose friends and you know how do you stay motivated how do you keep yourself motivated to keep on pushing um, I've had something that I've been doing for over eight years I've gone through that um, myself so I'm just curious from another perspective how do you stay motivated to keep you know pushing even though you get mixed results you get hot big wins or you get big losses at the same time so or small losses and big wins you know so so on and so forth. That's my question.
0: Oh, Aaron, hold on. We're gonna unmute you. or ask to unmute. or unmute your. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know it automatically
2: mute you. Okay, cool. <laughs> right.
0: So I guess I will just kind of answer your question. Going
2: back into being passionate about what I do and enjoying it thoroughly. You know, you you couldn't pay me to do it because I was doing it for free from for myself as a hobby. Um, but I get what you're saying. Um, just peaks and valleys and having tough times and and yeah I mean I've lost friends not in the industry or because the industry but they were in the industry with me and I lost that friend and I kept going Um, honestly I I, the way I was going I wasn't dependent on that person I wasn't integrated with anyone in a partnership or anything like that Um, I mean I would say avoid partnerships as as long as you can I mean own your business 100 percent uh, don't let anybody touch it, you know, treat it like, you know, uh, your newborn baby, you know, and, and just don't let anybody near it. And, it. and it's COVID season, you know, and don't let nobody touch it. And it's, it's all yours. Um, <laughs> but like I said, if, if, if you're not going to want to stay in it through the down times, uh, and I'm not going to lie, uh, there was times where, um, uh, I didn't have work on the schedule and I had about one month's rent left in the bank. And I was, I it was Sunday night. And I remember, and I was like, Monday morning, I'm going to get, I'm going to get on the horn, you know, tighten up my resume again, and get on LinkedIn. And I kid you not, Jennifer, this is crazy. I'm telling you, it's like perfect timing and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I kid you not like that Monday I, I booked like five shoots and my career just went, whoosh like crazy, like that was the start of a four year where my income went up every year. Uh, every year it went up and I just kept monitoring it. And uh, uh, one, one, one very specific, measurable, applicable piece of advice I can give you is measure as everything, measure everything that you can starting with your income and your loss. That's just one. I remember someone asking me, how much did you make last year? I think this was like my third year. I was like, I don't know. And they're like, you probably should know. I was like, okay, I'll figure that out. And I use 17 hats.com and it's great. It's like calendar invoicing, bank keeping, like emailing, everything, you know, all at once. So that makes the tedious annoying side of things that, most creatives don't want to deal with, it makes it so much easier. So
1: yeah, you, nice. and You're the reason why I even use it too, because uh, talking to you, you told me about 17 hats and that's kind of what I use also. So appreciate that.
0: Right on. And uh, I have a question real quick. You mentioned um, that you use, I don't know if you said Upwork, but there's, you have a, a social media company or something that does the engagement for you. Okay. for uh, uh, It was what? Up leap like a frog leap. Oh, oh oh up leap. Okay. Yeah. And you said that <laughs> how, do they leap? how did that go again? <laughs> <laughs> like so for like $15 a month, that's that's like a still of a deal. So yeah, that's gold right there.
2: They've got different packages you can pay for the business one. I think it's like fifty bucks, and they have like a coupon or one of those promo codes you can enter and it's like 35 bucks a month and uh, I remember doing the business one and it was crazy it was it was so bad that Instagram you know once every three months they would put my account into like 24-hour freeze because they were just doing too much activities and they were they were liking everybody's photo and I don't know how they do it if it's bots or not Um, I the way they promote themselves it's as if they have real people doing it yeah like they just have like a you know, an intern or someone who gets paid 10 bucks an hour, just going, scrolling through and liking uh, pages relevant to you. That's gold. So uh, yeah, either way, it's, it's good. I don't have to be on Instagram.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's good info. I would have paid for that info. Cause we all know like, it's a lot, like socials is a lot. I do our scheduling and I use a lot of different apps. I use like Sprout Social and Buffer. Sprout Social is my favorite, but it's more expensive. Like the the premier packages are, are kind of like more on the expensive side. So to have somebody that can do that for you and Aaron, do they only like, or I mean, do they like, or do they also comment and not spam comments, but like legit, like, they like, they don't comment. They don't comment. They just, they just yeah. like, um, yeah, but those likes they help because people yeah, get those do. notifications and they go back to that page. They do. So that's really cool. Does anybody else have any questions that they want to ask? There was a question that came in earlier. So, um, somebody asked you, "How, uh, Aaron, how do you separate work from your personal life?"
2: Man, that was tough because the you know I've been working from home just about the ent- my entire career, other than when I'm doing photo shoots, obviously. And I remember having my desk in three different places at home because I couldn't realize, I couldn't figure out why I was so unhappy. And then I realized, man, I'm always freaking in my room. I'm always in my bedroom because I had my work desk in my bedroom. And I was like, I just wanted, I just was like, I got to get out of this room. And then I didn't want to do work because it was in that room. And I was like, I have no separation I have no physical separation of work and you know everything's so I moved my desk to the living room and my neighbor was like this is kind of awkward I was like you don't know the battle don't worry about it I'm putting it here (laughs) and I was facing outside my window blah 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 so for me that worked was creating a physical boundary so whenever I woke up in the morning I would you know, make my bed, like a guy would make it, nothing fancy, I would make my bed. And then I would close the door till I was done working. And I was in the living room and the living room space was still kind of overtaken. Um, but we, you know, nobody's really in the living room anymore. Everyone's in their own rooms on their tablets. And, you know, the living room is dying kind of a thing. But anyways, I was able to create a physical boundary and separate it that way. Now, outside of the house, I'll tell you, there was really no separation. I I would tell you, I would go out drinking. This is when I first moved to Dallas. I'd go out drinking like four or five times a week. I'm not saying do that, but it didn't hurt because I met so many people. You can go out and don't drink and meet a lot of people. Um, seriously, the people that I, I met, like they became... Uh, you know, they saw my work and they became friends and they end up telling so-and-so about whatever I did. And it just helps the more people you meet, right? The more money you make. And, and
1: one thing you did tell me a while back was uh, we had talked about vacation. A lot of people work, work, work just to have that, you know, one week or two days of vacation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was something that you mentioned you should take a vacation daily. Um And, and you got kind of philo- philosophical about that.
2: Right, uh, right. Yeah, man, because you're always, man, you're always working to like tiring yourself out and always, you know, felt sorry for you because, because I understand. And I was like, okay, if you can't take like a full vacation, take like a micro vacation to where like for one hour, you just go walk at the park. And that's one thing I like about having a dog is like, she keeps me on a vacation schedule because she needs to go for a walk, right? And a walk is a micro vacation, you, and, and I'm talking about a, like, leave your phone at home, right? Don't, because the phone, man, I'm telling you it's terrible. The phone, just knowing it's in our pocket, we don't even realize it, but it's anxiety in our pocket. Cause we know when that certain ringtone goes off, oh, that's my email. Mario, I turned my email off on my phone. Like I turned off, turn it off because I don't even answer clients' phone calls on, on Sundays anymore. I don't even answer their texts anymore. I'm just like, man, forget this. Like, this is a Sunday, that's disrespectful. Don't don't call me on a Sunday. But yeah, leave your phone off, leave your phone, go for a walk, whatever it is you decide. I mean, maybe it's only 30 minutes, maybe it's only five minutes, Mario, to where you get off your computer, you do some back stretches, you go in the backyard, take a deep breath and just like seriously appreciate that moment right there. And, you know, I'm not saying I'm perfect with this. Sometimes I get wrapped up in it too and I gotta remind myself, man, And sometimes I'm telling you, our bodies and our minds—they'll tell us, they'll tell us like that. I'm doing too much, or that I need to slow down. Because you'll have a day where you're like, "Man, why am I, why am I angry? For why am I snapping at people?" You know, in the Sprouts checkout line. Like, so that's that's just an example. I'm just not speaking. Just just random. Uh, For a friend. Yeah, yeah. Take a micro vacation and. Yeah. You can't force it. You can't force it, man. You can't force. It. And that's one thing I'll say too, is don't force the universe. Don't, you know, I say the universe, you can say God's will, you can say Allah's will or Buddha's will, whatever, whoever it is, right. Whoever your higher power is, just say don't force it. You know, there's something bigger out there playing into it. Go with the flow. Uh, if you, if you don't have work, if you're not making what you want to make, don't stress about it, you know, balling up isn't going to help you, right, just, just, just chill and let it come to you, and just know, like, you knowing that it's going to come to you, I'm telling you, it'll happen.
0: That's good, and that's real, that's, that's the word. I do that, I have this thing, um, once a month, it's like a self-care day, Mm -hmm. and when outside was open, that could just be going to get a pedicure, getting a manicure, or just going to lunch where you want to eat. So I think that's really important, so anybody else you guys got Aaron on the line right now. I'm all this wisdom, so I definitely wanted to ask and extend it out real quick before we wrap. Um, And if we don't have any other questions, um, Aaron, I would like it if you could just, uh, how can people get in contact with you? Can you drop like your, your social handles or your website Uh, or what's the best way for them to stay connected?
2: My website is faruzimaging.com, right there, and then...
0: Awesome. So Aaron posted the link, y'all, FaroozImaging.com and his Instagram is at Faroozimaging. Farooze is F-A-I-R-O-O-Z underscore I-M-A-G-I-N-G. So y'all make sure y'all follow him. Um, If you got a budget, Holla at them. <laughs> So, yeah. So thank you, guys. Everybody have a wonderful evening. And catch us next week for episode three. We have an amazing Chris the Maximizer is going to be on. She shows you how to use coupons to get money for your startup business so that you have more money to start your business. So we'll be sending out information about that soon. Again, Erin, thank you for joining us. And everybody have a wonderful evening.
1: Thank you. you guys. Appreciate it.